This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Just because we close our eyes, just because we pretend like nothing happened to us or that we're not in La La Land, that doesn't make it go away. Good. And if we don't intentionally tackle that thing, if we don't intentionally put forth the effort to get the life coach, to get the counseling, to get the therapy, to work through this thing in couples counseling or whatever, it's not just going to go away. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, BJ Thompson, and licensed therapist John J.P. Parker are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, we are talking about, very simply put, leaving La La Land. Um, oh yeah, you heard me. I was about to start singing. No, oh. we stuck in La La Land. We do the. You ever heard the song? Uh, I can't say I have heard the song. Um, oh. Am I familiar with anything else from that artist? I would just say no, and oh I'll leave it at God. that. I just leave okay. it at that. Yeah. All right. All right. Back to the topic. Go ahead. <laughs> so we are talking about leaving La La Land, and yes, Jay Z did hint towards the need and the necessity of leaving La La Land. But in the context of this conversation, we're thinking through the lens of, hey, um, sometimes trauma happens. Sometimes things happen. And instead of acknowledging those things, instead of working through those things, instead of saying, hey, you know what, let me, uh, let me get my grown man or woman on and make sure that I'm able to press past this trauma that has happened to me, I get stuck in la-la land. And so, so today we're just talking about pressing past, pressing past, leaving, leaving La La Land, man. Good, good. Yeah, I think this is a very important topic because oftentimes we'll be in La La Land, which is, you know, symbolic for something that isn't real, but we're treating it as if it is real and it's distorting our experience with life and we don't know how to leave it. And so mm-hmm. we are stuck in La La Land, which is like all of these things that are not necessarily true. But we live like they're true, and they're keeping us from moving forward. Yeah. Uh, JP, you talked about an example mm-hmm. earlier of a of a team stuck yeah. in La La Land. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, share with our audience that the team being stuck. Yeah, in La La, Land, a certain franchise. I'm sorry, a certain, certain being stuck in La La Land. A certain franchise, due to a certain a few certain moves that were made during the off season and during the regular season. So the Los Angeles Lakers, for those of you that aren't familiar with basketball, is a team that plays in the Los Angeles area, the Staples Center. They acquired a certain LeBron James in the offseason, as well as some other uh, tenured veterans. Before the trade deadline this season, they decided that they would make a move for a certain Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans fame. And during this process, it was revealed to the media that the Los Angeles Lakers' uh, top brass were willing to trade almost everyone on their team that wasn't named LeBron James for said Anthony Davis. 
It came out later that the, I think it was the manager of basketball operations for the Pelicans had no intentions of trading Anthony Davis to the Los Angeles Lakers and just wanted to be uh, a hater of sorts. And his plan worked. Since the failed trade of Anthony Davis, the Lakers have tanked, probably not intentionally, but they've lost very many games to even the worst teams in the league. And it seems that their team turmoil is at an all-time high. A couple games ago, one of their, uh, you know, veteran players decided that he wanted to sit courtside, but just not next to the team. He literally sat next to like two chains on the other side of the bench instead of actually sitting with his team. Uh, Yeah, you can see the kind of, what do you want to say, team dynamic not being there. Several Morale. Morale. Morale is low. Team morale is at an all-time low. And it's, it's all based in this idea of trauma. There was some foul play that was introduced to the team. Team cohesion was lost. The connectivity was lost. And instead of addressing the elephant in the room, they're acting as if nothing happened. They're just in la-la land. Um, And maybe some things are being said to their friends. Maybe they're sliding each other's DMs. Who knows what's going on? But the bottom line is this trauma that took place of being on the trading block, if you will, is something that has now caused problems for the entire squad and the city of Los Angeles. Ooh. And you know, the city of Los Angeles is very serious about their sports team. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, they don't mess around. Yeah, they don't. They, they're not only serious about traffic on I-10, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're serious about their sports team. I think, yep. you know, you're making a great point about La La Land that, you know, if, if you didn't um, fully follow what was said, they thought that they could trade away the entire team for a player, for a great player to bring LeBron closer mm-hmm. to a ring in L.A., yeah, yeah, and that those individuals, that act of the past would not affect the present, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think about my own La La Lands. Um, I think I've shared with you before how many of um, days um, in algebra, I'll give this is just a perfect <laughs> example. You know, if you're an adult and, you know, you've been out of school for more than five to ten years, I'm talking about undergrad or high school, um, you know that you have to have, you know, algebra to complete said undergrad, said high school experience. And I can remember yes. going back <laughs> to high school and having tests and having quizzes around math. And in so many ways, not studying, but copying from the individual that sat in front of me who I knew had studied, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so yep. in my brain, I just thought, as long as I'm getting by, it's going to work out. Right. right. So I spent the next three years. I'm not admit. Listen, I'm not admitting or denying that I may have looked on a couple of papers in algebra class. Uh huh. I'm not saying who the teacher was. Okay. Okay. Not saying where I went to school, but I'll say that I I may have looked. Uh And I thought, well, that's the past. Okay. Fast forward five years later, I'm in undergrad. Mm -hmm. I need to graduate. And guess what's the only class I haven't taken? Taken from my freshman year. Mm. College algebra. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here's why. Uh, uh-huh. Because I cheated in the past, mm. I could not pass in the present. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because I cheated in the past... I was ill-equipped for the present. I was in la-la land. I thought, man, I'm just going to get past that. We're done as far as the East is from the West. And now I'm staring down a quiz and an exam, and I have paid 
tens of thousands of dollars to complete an undergrad degree. Yep. And I need this class. But listen, I've been in La La Land. I haven't prepared. All that cheating has caught up to me. And now I'm sitting there. And within an hour or so, I would have squandered not only just four years, five, six years of education, but tens of thousands of dollars all because I chose to live in La La Land. JP, mm. talk mm. to us about a time you were in La La Land and maybe didn't know it. Oh man, so this is so so you throw that one to me. That's that's that's, that's right. Alley oop. <laughs> so you get, the, you get the algebra and I get the time. Okay, well, you know. Hey, 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 listen, man. You're the man in the hour. You can do whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> you do whatever you want. Go ahead, JP. Oh man. Since I do often talk a lot about like relationship stuff, romantic stuff. I'll talk about like financial la la land for me. And we probably should at some point do some financial stuff, right? Is that is that is that a yeah. move? Sure, absolutely. Move. Yep. Absolutely. So for me, I grew up in a household where by the age of like 12, I was balancing my mom's checkbook. Um, she had, she at one point in time, she had a tax return and she gave me some money and I was supposed to, you know, diligently manage it. She taught me how to do taxes. A lot of stuff happened in my family growing up where I was taught like how to be, I wouldn't say financially responsible, but how to kind of manage the books. Right. Did you know how to turn the cable on from the neighbor's, uh, cable? That, that was a part of managing the financial okay, books. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh, if if you do not want a bill, you go out and figure out a way to not get a bill. Um, so I was more than happy to hop on a ladder, uh, put on some gloves, and make sure our cable works. Ours being me, mine, and the neighbors. Our cable. So yes, oh we all had cable in the community. Group economics. So uh, basically, when I got to college. Uh, my mom said, hey, don't get a credit card. I was like, sure, no problem. But then when I got there, they was like, hey, you want a free T-shirt? I was like, yes, I do. Sign up for this credit card. Sure, I will. Um, and the I can tell you the first purchase I ever made on a credit card was some like basketball shoes, some Nike somethings, right? I got the bill and they were like, hey, um, you owe us $89, but you only have to pay us $5. Yeah. That's all you have to pay us, $5. I didn't know anything about APRs. I didn't know anything about interest. I didn't know anything about... All I knew was I, I spent 89 and I only had to pay back five. Mm. Didn't, know, didn't know how many months of $5 it was going to take me to. I didn't know anything. So when I talk about La La Land, it's like, all right, I wasn't necessarily willfully ignorant, but for the next five years of my college career, I did everything I could to run up my debt because I thought there was, there was, there was never going to be any repercussions for me running up debt. <laughs> Right. I'm going to just keep paying these fives forever. It'll be all good. No problems. Right. And so what happened in that situation, because I chose to be willfully ignorant, if you will, I was in a dire situation for a long time trying to get out of debt because I didn't do the, my due diligence in making sure that I was financially savvy, that I was uh, educated, that I was in any position to kind of manage my finances better. So do you understand what I'm saying? So it was, it was a, a situation in which I ignored the debt that I was in. I mm. didn't try to educate myself. I didn't try to change my lifestyle or do anything better because I just wanted to be in this place of bliss. Like there was problems. There was trauma all around me. There was debt happening. There was negativity affecting my credit score. But 
as a 18, 17 to 22 year old person, I was like, hey, man, it ain't my problem. And that caused a ripple effect that lasted for the next, I don't know, potentially seven years of my life. Yeah. And it's, it's because I was in that daze. I was in that fog and I wanted to be there because I didn't have to deal with the reality of things. Ooh, la, la, land. So la, la, land, for those of you who are listening, is when we assume that we will not have to deal with the reality of our decisions that were made for us or that were made towards us, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I mentioned this before. My mother had me at the age of 17. Did I tell you this? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes. Well, me, I yeah. know that. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so my mother had me at the age of 17. And she thought, hey, I'm just going to raise you. You know, mm-hmm. I love you. I'm going to raise you. And that's enough. And I was laughing, talking to my younger brother. I said, it just occurred to me that my mother walked out of the house one day and came back with a baby. Oh, shoot. And I was like, what? What's going on? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what you, you go, it's about to get interesting. Okay. okay I'm here. You got me. Uh, okay. I got you. Uh, my 17-year-old mother... Mm-hmm. Because she was so young, having me and my siblings didn't know much about life, you know, besides playing video games, or whatever, whatever, whatever stereotype mm-hmm. is, right? Mm-hmm. So in her mind, she didn't have to tell me that she was pregnant. She thought it would be good just to surprise me with a baby. Oh, wow. So my mother showed up mm. back to the house. Mm-hmm. What my younger sibling and I was in complete shock. Wow. Right? La La Land. Right? Yeah. La La yep. Land. Yep. And it was because she herself was so young and she had made decisions in the past, but she did not understand how it would impact the present. Right? Mm-hmm. And so fast forward, I look at my life. And I look at some of the ways that I kind of winged it and I kind of brought home surprises Mm -hmm. to situations Mm -hmm. only to realize that the decisions that were made in the past were absolutely affecting the present. And I did not know it. JP, talk to us about the times when you've seen people live in La La Land from the past and not even realize it. Man, so if if we're speaking through the lens of like trauma... Um, and how un, um, what do you want to say, dealt with or unrecognized or unreconciled trauma affects people. I think many people live in a fog of la-la land and don't even recognize that they're there. Hmm. Um, what happens is most people will give it a Kanye shrug. They'll act like, oh, man, that was when I was two, three, The Kanye four. shrug. You know what I'm saying? They hit them with a the shrug. You know what I'm saying? They'll act like it was such a young age or that was so many boyfriends or girlfriends ago or that was so many marriages ago or that was so many XYZs ago that they ignore the lingering effect that this trauma has had. So there, there's mm-hmm. a perpetual la-la. So for me in the economic situation, it was an intentional uh, place because I didn't want to deal with the ramifications of my bad financial decisions. But most of the time when people are living in this fog or living in this la-la land, they have ways of reacting, ways of thinking, ways of being, ways of doing that are reflective of that trauma that they've experienced. Um, And what happens is it leads to bad relationships. It leads to bad decisions. It leads to uh, poor decision-making. It leads to um, bad relationships. It leads to making the same mistakes over and over again. 
Um, it leads to shutting down and becoming emotionally unavailable. Um, it, it leads to financial uh, uh, problems. Um, I could go on and on, but that's me being bad cop. So I don't want this to be Debbie Downer episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is the general gist of kind of what happens. And so it, it it's many shapes and forms in, in, in what it looks like in people. But those are just kind of the general sentiments that kind of overwhelm people when it comes to living in that, that fog, man, living in La La Land. And it's, it's problematic because if you didn't catch the drift of the things that I was saying, these things aren't really beneficial to a human being, like bad relationships, making the same mistakes over and over again, making mm. bad, bad, bad financial decisions. And it's the ignoring of the trauma. It's the ignoring of, of the fact that they're in La La Land and not wanting to deal with the process through uh, whatever led to being in this La La state um, that is problematic. Good. I love what you're saying. It's denial. That sometimes we look back and the pain is so difficult that we just deny it or we minimize how that thing has impacted us. And I think about a situation with a good friend who we worked together and he ended up going to the war. Mm. Went, enlisted, was there for a year. And we would play video games. Um, this, this one shooter video game, we play it all the time. We're good friends. And um, worked at the same job. And when he came back after a year of being deployed, he came back. He had the same haircut. He wore the same clothes. He worked at the same job. And he and I were playing the same game, right? Mm, mm -hmm. So we're sitting there one day, and this is a true story. We're, We're sitting there one day. And I said, how are you doing since you got back? Again, he looks completely the same. Nothing different about him. Yeah. He says, man, I am waking up at three in the morning, you know, when anything moves or a siren. He says, I, I have a, you know, my weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, why do you have a weapon? Because the ambulance is driving down the street, right? Mm-hmm. And here's what I realized. Just because he worked at the same job, just because he had on the same clothes, just because he had the same appearance and he was playing the same game, he was not the same person. Mm-hmm. That there was something very different about him. And the way he saw the world had dramatically changed. And he was hoping that by just simply ignoring it, it would go away. That's La La Land. Mm-hmm. La La Land is not realizing that when you try to pretend like there is no impact in decision-making, either things that have happened to you mm-hmm. or that the response is from you, La La Land says, that's not a big deal. It's not there. And listen, and that's not true. Yeah, yeah. And that's not true. He was not the same person, right? So when I see clients living in La La Land, this is the thing. Ask them how they're doing and... You know, I say they're fine. And then they tell you about some behavior that really feels as if like, man, this is really serious. Where did that come from? They said, well, that's the present. This is just happening around the circumstance in the present. And then you ask them, well, tell me about your past. Mm-hmm. And they go through this whole minefield from the past. And then, then your next question to them is, do you think that that thing that happened to the past is the reason why you're doing this in the present? And they say, no. I go, La La Land. You tripping. <laughs> you tripping. Yeah. La La Land. You're in La La Land. Yep. That thing in the past is affecting the present, 
whether you believe it or not. JP, talk to us about there are people listening right now who have not even considered. They think those people out there, not me. Talk to us about the signs that you could be in La La Land. All right, let me, can I just do this one piece of illustration first, right? And don't let me forget about the signs, right? Go ahead. Okay. Do it. So, Help and, the people. It, and, and it leads, it kind of leads into what you're saying. So, the idea here. So, after it was exposed that the team, the Los Angeles Lakers, led by Magic Johnson as the GM or whatever, was willing to give up all of their young core to get Anthony Davis, then Magic Johnson came out and said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to have a meeting with everybody individually. I'm going to shake everybody's hands. We're going to have a conversation man-to-man. Right? <laughs> Old you, Magic Johnson. <laughs> if you Old are the Magic. perpetrator of Lala, you wow. expect that just having a conversation with these people that you literally told were dispensable was going to be enough? Any person just business, bro. It's all it is, just business. I'm, bro, that is person. exactly it. That is exactly it. It's, yeah. it's just business, right? So you thought yeah. having a conversation with these veterans and these young guys, and as a matter of fact, I don't think even the veterans were even involved in the trade. I'm pretty sure it was like the Kuzmas, uh, the Ball, uh, who else? Wow. The young guys, uh, KCP, yeah, like uh, all the young guys, the core of the Lakers squad that have been there for the last couple of years since Kobe retired, Brandon Ingram, all those guys. And it's just like, man, these guys had cohesion. LeBron comes. The team is really willing to get rid of all these young guys. And like, and you just expect by handshakes and smiles and hugs that that trauma is going to be like erased. Like they're just gonna forget about it. Like, oh man, you're right, you're right, magic man. I respect you enough to that to, to understand it's just business, right? Ooh, that's good. That's a good illustration. So, right? So the signs of Lala on one end, when you know that you're disgruntled about something, is complacency. Mm. Is lack of drive, right? Lack of determination, uh, uh, isolation. I.e., Rondo sitting on uh, in in the front row, but not with the players. So, so yeah. So, isolation, feelings of hopelessness, uh, wanting to be disconnected, uh, things of that nature. And I think those signs and symptoms can kind of be present even when you're unaware of of La La. Like you can see it on the Lakers, right? No defense being played, losing games to teams that are in the last place, right? That you should be beaten by 20, 30, 40 points, like not Mm. being effective, uh, not winning the games you should, not pulling through, not being uh, someone that people can count on. Like these are all signs that, hey, you're you're in this La La place, man. That is... Me challenging me. I listen. I feel bad for for Magic trying to give a handshake. After, listen, after clearly offending his right. entire squad that is giving right. their life to. You know, I, I think La La Land denial is when it's obvious that an issue is clearly yours, but you keep putting it off on other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. let me tell you an example. I give it. I give you a perfect example. We both work with married couples. And let me say this for the singles, marriage is not the end all be all of life. It's not the goal it of destination. Not. It's not. It is not. I encourage mm-hmm. a lot more people to break up than to be together. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, same. Um, but what's tempting about marriage is marriage gives you an opportunity to see other people's issues in ways they can't even see them undeniably. Okay. Yeah. So you go, I know about you in ways you can't deny. Right? And yeah. that feels good. It feels good when those issues come out. But here's the problem. It's easy to deflect things that are happening, happening in your childhood 
mm-hmm. onto your spouse as if they're the reason why you are like that, not they, the relationship itself is revealing those things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm guilty. I was definitely guilty. I'm probably still guilty in my own marriage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. just hit me up at BJ116. Set up your, free, your initial consultation and we, we yes. will make this happen. Right? I got you. Yes. So, so here's the thing. One of the symptoms of La La Land is blame shifting. You can't embrace that this happened not just now. This has happened when you were a child and it happened when you were most vulnerable. Right? Yep. And it never went away. It's always been there. The problem is you've never had to deal with it. And so we say things like, oh, I've never been like this before. Clearly, you are the reason for that. Then I say to people, no. Clearly, this relationship for the first time doesn't just help you see other other people. It should be helping you see yourself. Mm-hmm. La La Land is when you can't see yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's easy for you to point out things in others and not acknowledge this is how this thing has impacted me, not just now, but it happened then, right? Yeah, yeah. The other yeah. sign of La La Land is a failure to grow and, and materialize growth in areas that are critical and essential, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we think the only areas of growth are career yeah. or, <laughs> or in faith. Yeah. Or whatever, like whatever your circle says, this is it. La La Land is when you need to grow and you can't, but you deny that you're not growing. You think this is just what it is. And I say, La La Land. Yeah. You're in La La Land. You Bro, need to you know, cl- <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. Say it. Go ahead. I, it's I took, your show. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. I took that little pause as a means to jump in and I shouldn't have. No, go ahead. Take, jump excited. in. No, I want you to double dutch. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, an illustration that came to me as you were speaking, and it kind of goes back to my willful ignorance of my uh, economic situation in college. You know, when people or children will cover their eyes or put something over their face because they believe if the, if the monster, if they can't see the monster, the monster can't see them. Absolutely. I do that all the time. I still do that. Right. I'm a grown person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do that. Go ahead. Uh, okay. No shade to you, but, uh, but that, but that's the, the idea, like kind of what you were saying in the last section before I cut you off is that man, just because we ignore the trauma, just because we close our eyes, just because we pretend like nothing happened to us or that we're not in La La Land, that doesn't make it go away. Good. And, and if we don't intentionally tackle that thing, if we don't intentionally put forth the effort to get the life coach, to get the counseling, to get the therapy, to work through this thing in couples counseling or whatever, it's not just going to go away. Hmm. And I think too many people believe, too many people believe by just by ignoring, being willfully ignorant, hoping that the next relationship will be better, hoping that the next job will be better, hoping that XYZ will change without changing themselves, without putting in the work. I saw you tweet something the other day along those lines. Like if the listener, if you were listening right now are not hmm. willing to put in the work, to put in the effort and you and you put your head in the sand like an ostrich, although that's a misnomer, that's not what they really do. It's not going to help you at all whatsoever to be different and to get into moving in the direction you're trying to go in. You have to tackle this stuff head on. And I apologize for cutting you off, sir. Oh, no, this is absolutely amazing. Keep keep going. Well, no, I, I think it's just it's just one of those things where I, as you were talking, I just realized over and over again how I've literally had clients come into my office. I remember there's this one particular person. Um, he had some truth that he wanted to share with his family. Um, it was causing him to be anxious. It was causing him to consume drugs and alcohol. 
It was mm-hmm. causing him to have panic and anxiety attacks. And I met with him for a few weeks. And then when I said, hey, man, uh, it's time to stop beating around the bush. And you need to have that conversation with his parents. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Change the subject. And then I never saw him again. Wow. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a client he you mentioned. He ghosted you in a magical ghost. Right? And, it, and the thing is, like, he wasn't harming me by ghosting. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, I'm not that, I'm not that dude, but I just filled the slot in with somebody else. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But what I'm saying is, it's one of those situations where he, he played himself. Because hmm. instead of giving his parents the truth that he needed to tell them to set himself free, to set his soul free, to stop the panic attacks, to stop the having to medicate, to stop having to lie and duck and dodge, um, he decided it was best just to ghost on me. And to continue living his life where he was blacking out, passing out, having anxiety attacks. He'd rather have those things than to deal with the trauma, than to get out of La La Land. Wow. So, yeah, let, let's move a little bit into application. I think I think you're making a lot of strong applications already. And so, one, it's it's be, have the courage to confront. I think one of my applications in this is it's okay if that happened, right? I, I, th- I think we think because we just discovered the power of something, how something has influenced or affected us or impacted us, that it's not okay. And, and what I want to say is, it's okay. Yeah. You know, you may have discovered something has impacted you more deeply than what you recognize initially, and that's okay, right? My yeah. mother came home with a newborn, and I did not know she was pregnant. This is a true story. What a new human. A whole new human is in our house Like right a now. whole new human is in our house. And she did not communicate that to me because she was a teen mother and was unprepared to do so. And so I'm realizing now, you know, at the age, you know, late 30s, you know, that, that has affected me in some ways. And I had not known it. And so what I would say... So the audience listening is, it's okay if you're just now realizing, wait, I think that thing has impacted me. The second thing I would say is, don't wing your healing, pursue expertise in your healing. And here's what I mean. We, when we discover trauma or things that have impacted us in ways that um, have shaped us tremendously without our you know, permission, we'll try to wing it because we're coping as best as we can with the strategies that we've been given, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The problem with trauma is that sometimes, oftentimes, trauma needs expertise and insightfulness, not intuition and, dis- and instinction, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. so studying it, my friend who came back from a year deployed, he can't wing his healing because he literally came from a war zone, which means he needs to pursue expertise on neurology and PTSD in order for him to move forward with the proper tools. Right. He right, needs yeah. the right types of tools to do so. So yeah, that's my application. What are some application points for you? I want to piggyback from what you just said. Say someone has started to go through the process of dealing with the, the trauma writer and or trying to come out of La La Land. Yeah. I would say take a careful introspection of what the trauma is, if you're aware. Some people still aren't aware, and that's why they need the professional help to come up, to come up with it. So I guess one practical thing was, yes, yeah, seek, seek the professional help, like you've already said. I think once you've done that, or when you're even considering whether or not you need to, or whether or when you should go seek professional help, is to kind of take a careful inventory of how this trauma has affected you and where it is you want to go, right? So meaning 
what is the outcome that you would like to see? How would you like your life to be different? Recognizing, hey, this is affecting me this way. This is what has happened. This is how I have reacted. This is how I have responded. Oh, but let me see where I want to go and what I want to be and work towards that. Work towards that. Don't work on not being a better person or not fussing so much or not being angry so much or not shutting down so much. Work towards what the actual goal is. So if the goal is like, hey, I will be a person who is fill in the blank, like more sociable or um, uh, more loving, more friendly or whatever, work towards that, not being the opposite of that. Does that make sense? Uh, like, kind of. So Okay, Say so what I'm saying is oftentimes when people are, are going through the list of what I need to do different, right? I recognize there's a trauma. I recognize I'm in La La Land. This is, this is what this thing is or this is what happened to me. They'll say that, okay, well, I'm an angry person. So I'll stop. I'll work on being less angry. No, no. Work on what it is you actually want to be. Do you want to be joyful? Do you want to, uh, do you want to like be a person that greets people in the morning? Like come up with some tangible things that you want to do Got it. instead of what it is that you don't want to be. Is that, Got that, it. that no, make that makes sense? sense. So, so and basically more, make, basically what I'm hearing you say is set your goal for who you want to become, not what you want to avoid doing. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Hey man, that's what I'm here for. JP, if someone needs some additional help, you know, oftentimes we are unable to just come to these conclusions on our own and we have a, we need a little bit more help, you know, figuring out our unique situation. You know, there's no cookie cutter answer. What would you say for people who need a little bit more help? Um, maybe even knowing they're in La La Land. Maybe they don't know they're in La La Land. Or if they do realize it now, they need help leaving. What, what would you say? What, what's a resource people can use? Um, there is a website called buildabetterus.com, B-U-I-L-D-A-B-E-T-T-E-R-U-S.com. You can go to get involved. And from there, you can find a life coach that is someone that can walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death, that can help you uh, get to the point where you're going from what you don't want to be and walking into who you're destined to be. Go go in that place right there and you'll find some resources, specifically a way in which for to get a life coach. And once you get that life coach, your life will be like exponentially uh, better. Oh, but it's, but listen, but it's true though. I've, mm-hmm. Literally, our client testimony said that because our job is to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, an outreach dedicated to bringing joy, strength, intimacy, and purpose to couples seeking growth. Be sure to visit enneagramandmarriage.com to find your chemistry together again, or for the very first time.